You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. We are in the third week of our series that we have titled Be Free and uh, received so many amazing responses. It's amazing how the Word of God can change us, right? And God does not want anybody to be in bondage. doesn't want anyone to, to be locked down or, or, or to be uh, not being able to, to move through the grace of God. And, and it was uh, so touching to me as, as the praise team led us in worship and to, to just see them worship in the freedom of Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't, it, isn't that a wonderful thing? Um, so last week, we learned about three important truths that, that are in the book of, of Galatians. And we learned that legalism is an enemy of grace. So Paul is talking to the church in Galatia, and he's saying, don't get caught in a gospel that is not truly a gospel. Don't be caught in something that's going to take you back to Jesus plus something. And the something was circumcision. We, we found that out last week. Um, and then we found through the, through the reading of, of, of uh, that chapter that legalism will produce bias and prejudice. So when you become legalistic, you begin to separate yourself from other people. And, and worse than that, you separate yourself from other Christians, and you put yourself in a certain category. Have you noticed that Christians can put themselves in different categories? I am a so-and-so, and they are a so-and-so, and we don't, you know, we don't hang around with them, and there's, there's, a, there's a divide, and God never produced that. In fact, Jesus said, they will know you for your love for one another, a new commandment that I give to you. So he wants for us to love Christians. And then we, we, we saw last week that we should be free in Christ. We should be dead to the law because we're free in Christ. And by his grace, we're able to do things that we could never do by trying to uphold any regulation in our own power or in our own goodness. And so this morning, we're going to move forward and we're going to look, how are we free? How do we get free from deception? How do we get free from deception? And the reason that this is so important is because legalism looks very good on the surface. It's tempting for us to find our, our, our right standing with God uh, through our good works or through our own effort. But when you fall into the grips of legalism, what you find is that it puts us into bondage. You're either living a life of condemnation where you're condemned because you didn't measure up, or you're looking down on people because they don't measure up. And not only does it put you in bondage, but it puts other people in bondage because you begin to put rules and regulations on them that God never intended. Amen? We're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, but through what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. And I know what happens. We start saying, but. 
It's grace, but this or but that. What about the fruit? Didn't Jesus say that you will know them by their fruit? You will know them. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is talking about all these different things, beatitudes, and you've heard it said that in the ancient it said this, but I say to you, do things this way. And then he gets to chapter 7, verse 15, and, uh, and he says, 15 and 16, he says this. He says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Now he's talking about teachers, false teachers, people that are coming before him or after him, and they're going to put regulations, they're going to put binding law on people that, are, are, that is going to take away from the grace of God. Now look at what he says. He says, they are ravenous. He said, inwardly they are ravenous wolves, and you will know them by their fruits. See, the context is not salvation through good works, but it's identifying a false prophet or a leader from a true one, which goes, which goes exactly with the theme that we have been studying in the book of Galatians. We don't compromise our grace through deception. We're going to be moving forward today. And my prayer is that progressively, just as Paul wrote this letter to the church in Galatia, because they were so, he was so adamant of, uh, about them not falling into the grips of legalism. And that's what it's all about. And you know what's crazy? I was talking to uh, Pastor Mike this morning. What's, what's crazy about Paul's letter is that Paul never make, makes excuses for grace. He talks about this radical grace don't leave that, the, the gospel, don't leave that true gospel that, which we preached to you when we first saw you. Even if an angel from heaven comes to you, do not receive another gospel. And he never makes excuses for grace. Radical grace that saves us right where we're at. God loves us right where we're at. In the worst of the worst, he loves us right where we're at. And he never stops loving us through grace doesn't matter what we did last week. It doesn't matter how bad we've messed up. It doesn't matter how bad our kids are messing up. There is a grace from God that surpasses our limitations to please him. It's radical. And it changes the way you think. It changes the way that you live. So today we're going to go to chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 1 through 9. I want to pray a blessing over the message. And uh, we're going to break it into... Uh, three uh, points that I, I'm calling them be free from deception points. Uh, let's pray first of all. Father, thank you for, uh, for everyone here. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us uh, an example of what a father is supposed to look like. Um, we all fall short as dads uh, from your perfection, Lord God, but thank you for grace. And as we talk about uh, your grace today and how we're free in that grace, I pray for everybody, everybody that's here in this uh, first service sitting and everyone that is listening on the podcast, I pray your blessing upon them and I pray your blessing upon me as your messenger that I will speak in a way that will honor you, that I will speak in a way that will be clear and present uh, your message that will uh, be very true to you and who you are. And uh, Holy Spirit, just give me the ability to do so. I pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. So the first uh, 
be free from deception point that I want to talk about is you need to realize that being deceived is a possibility for every one of us. In fact, it's how the enemy came in to the garden and he used deception to trick Adam and Eve into compromising what they had with God. So that doesn't change, right? And, and one of the things that really stands out to me is when Jesus asked the disciples, one of you is going to betray me and one of you will deny me, that the disciples went around saying, is it I, Lord? Is it, is it me? Am I going to do that? And, and, and Jesus looked at every one of them. Of course, he knew who, was, who would be deceived by the enemy, and it was Judas. But it speaks to me about the importance that all of us have a, a potential to fall into the deception that the enemy will, will try to bring. Now, here in this, in this letter, um, we find that the deception was legalism. That what the enemy was going to try to bring into the church was Jesus plus something. And that that was going to be an ongoing wrestling in the life of the church. Because religion, and I want you guys to grab a hold of this. In fact, I would, I would write this down. Religion will always be Jesus plus something. Always. And you look at churches, you look at, you look at uh, Christians, we're always adding uh, to, to what Jesus has done on the cross. And so um, that's something that's going to try to penetrate and permeate our lives. Um, look at what Paul says in, in, in verse 1 of, of chapter 3. It's, it's, it's crazy what he says. He says, he says, O foolish Galatians. I'm reading out of the NLT. O foolish Galatians. And, and it's, it's actually very em, 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 emphatic right there. O foolish Galatians. It's not like if he's just saying it kindly. And he says, who has cast a spell on you? Uh, another um, a literal translation will say, who has bewitched you? You might have read it that way. For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Now, the, the, the Galatians were Gentiles. They were not present in Jerusalem when Jesus was crucified at Calvary. But Paul is saying, the message that I preached to you was as clear as day. It was like if you had been there on, on Calvary's hill and you were there at that place, and you saw the, the, the crucified Christ crucified for you, and he died completely for your sins. But who has cast a spell on you? Now, what's crazy to me about this is that he says two things that you never see in the writings of Paul. The first thing that you see is he never calls anyone foolish. But here he's telling the, the, the recipients of this letter, and he's speaking to us, don't be foolish. And the second thing that he says is he never tells another church, he never writes another, another letter, do not be bewitched. The actual word for that is exist. Exestimi, exestimi. Do not be exestimi. And what that word means is to be fascinated by a false representation. 
to be bewitched, to have a spell on you. You're fascinated with a false representation. Paul was saying, you're fascinated with a false representation of the true gospel. Have you guys ever noticed that when you're being deceived or you're being conned, you have no idea that you're being deceived and that you're being conned? When you are bewitched or when you have a spell that has been placed on you, it's impossible for you to determine the truth from error. You ever had someone that has a spell of of love in a relationship, they're in a relationship and you see things a lot different and they're in this kind of, they're kind of in a daze, right? Oh, I just love them so much. Doesn't matter what they do, I just, I just love them so much. They're, they have a spell, they're, 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 they're sometimes you're bewitched, you're, you, you've got this glaze over your, 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 your logic and, and, and that's exactly what was happening to the Galatians. They'd been listening to the wrong voices and these voices had the power and the ability to manipulate their minds into thinking that Jesus plus nothing was not enough. And sometimes, beloved, in the church, we get manipulated into thinking that Jesus Plus, nothing is not enough that his death and resurrection is not enough for your salvation, that somehow we need to work and work and work to produce something good in ourselves so that God will love us. He'll never love you more than the day that you said, I'm needy, I'm a sinner, I'm no good for nothing. He will pour his grace and his love into you right there, and you'll be loved all the way through to the end until you breathe your last. The difference is so astronomical. It's so big. The way the Galatians were believing tells me that there's a lot of power in who and what we listen to. That's why when someone comes knocking on your door and They tell you, we believe in the Bible, and we bring you good news, and they tell you, we, we love the Bible, but we have another testament. We have another book. We have a book that completes the Bible that was given to our leader by an angel. And you can go to heaven, and everyone can go to heaven, and there's different levels that you can go to. If you don't go to this top level, you can go to another level. And if, don't worry about your loved ones because we can actually baptize them when they're dead and you don't have to worry about that. We'll take care of all these things. And, and so there's, they're giving another gospel that's really not the gospel. But it, doesn't, it should not surprise us because Paul is talking to the church in Galatia and he's saying the same thing. There will be people that will come with another gospel which really isn't a gospel. The reality is that the saints are going to heaven not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done for us. And there will not be second-class citizens and different levels of heaven, but there will be one heaven where the grace of God will cover us and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness through the power of Jesus Christ. And so you don't want to get caught up in this in this flesh-led life 
instead of a spirit-led life. And this is what Paul wrote. He, he continues. He didn't stop there. After he said, oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast a spell? Who has bewitched you? He says to them, let me ask you this one question. Did you, did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Because a lot of us sometimes want to receive from God by how we act instead of by the act that was given through Christ. He said, did you, did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? And so Paul is saying this helps us because it teaches us that every person who places their faith in Jesus and becomes a follower of Christ receives the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, you don't receive a part of the Holy Spirit. You receive him in his fullness. You don't have to work to try to receive him. He's a gift that comes through your faith in Jesus Christ. And there are so many people that think I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. God doesn't love me enough because I have not accomplished enough. And the reality is that if you have the faith of a mustard seed, God will come dwell in you. And he will move mountains through you. Amen? The second, uh, uh, let, let me say this before I go. The, the, the one goal of a Christ follower should be to experience a spirit-filled life. The one go goal of a Christ follower should be to experience a spirit-filled life. Now, let's settle this, guys. If you receive Christ, you're filled with who? With the Holy Spirit. How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us so, right? The Bible doesn't lie. So if you receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. And so the goal of a Christ follower should be for us to experience a spirit-filled life, one that is free from self-effort, one that is free from condemnation and guilt. There is something that will never be realized by trying to follow the law. Because when you try to follow the law, the law will point you to the to the fact that you're guilty because we all fall short of the glory of God. Now check this out. Paul, and later on we're going to deal with it in chapter 5, verses 16. Verse 16, it says, If you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And so Paul is saying to, to, to the Galatians, and he's saying to us, if you walk by the Holy Spirit, if you, I, if you understand your new identity in Christ, that you now are filled through the, with and, and, and walk in and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will not gratify the things that you used to live in and walk in because the Holy Spirit will direct you into a different path. Progressively. Progressively, we move forward. Amen? We're already perfect. This is crazy to think about. We're already perfect in Christ because we've been washed by the blood, right? 
Now we begin to live our lives out, and though it, they may be imperfect walk of our life, the blood of Christ will always cover us because the Holy Spirit dwells in us. That's radical, but it's truth. That's why the Bible calls a, a believer, it doesn't call you a sinner, the Bible calls you a saint. You're not a saint because of what you've done, you're a saint because of what Christ did for us. Does that make sense? So Paul was screaming to the Galatians, he said, don't, don't get bewitched. Don't make it Jesus plus something. The Holy Spirit is, is screaming at us and telling us, don't get under the spell of legalism. So here's uh, deception point number two. Understand that legalism will minimize the effectiveness of the Holy Spirit in your life. Legalism puts unhealthy expectations on yourself, which God has already accomplished in Christ. When you see Christians that are living unvictorious lives, it's because they're trying to live their lives in the power of their flesh instead of living their lives in the power of the Spirit. And legalism will always take us to that place where we're always concentrating on us. We magnify our own self-effort instead of magnifying what Christ has already done in us and allowing the Holy Spirit to appropriate our lives and give us the power we need for every day that we step foot wherever we go. Check out what Paul said. Paul said this, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you? Now, that's important. Just grab a hold of that phrase. Does God give you the Holy Spirit, and does he work miracles among you because you obey the law? Stop right there and think about it because it says to us, God gave you the Holy Spirit, and not only do you have the Holy Spirit, but because you have the Holy Spirit, you have the ability to do things that are supernaturally powerful because of the Holy Spirit. The things that we can accomplish, God can accomplish through us. Now, now he goes on, he says, did you receive this by you obeying the law? So radical. He goes on and he says, of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ in the same way. Now he's going, he's going to take the Galatians back to something that's vital. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of this faith. Now why is that important? Why is that important? Because the Judaizers that were coming into the Galatian churches were saying, you have to go back to the law. It's Jesus plus circumcision. Now Paul says, okay, you want to go back to the law? Let's think about it. I'm going to go before the law to the patriarch, Abraham, whom you say he is our father. And he says, did Abraham receive his righteousness through the working of the law? Now this is huge for you, beloved. I hope you, you grab a hold of it. And if, you, if you've never had a church background, this is huge for you too because it tells you you'll never get righteousness through what you do. You'll get righteousness by what you believe. Abraham was not a righteous man in his own doing. In fact, he listened to his wife, go sleep with my maidservant, maid and, and of course Abraham said, I'm, gonna do it. I'm not going to like it, but I'm going to do it because you said this. It's Father's Day today, come on. Right? He was not righteous in his own self. His righteousness came because he, what? Believed God. goes on and it says this. The real children of Abraham 
Now, this will just blow religious people out of the water. The real children of Abraham, then, are those who put their faith in God. So there's literal Israel, the, the literal uh, Israelites, and then there's spiritual Israel. Spiritual Israel are all those, all those, even those that have been grafted into the tree. I'm going above sometimes. I'm going up here. They've been grafted into the tree, the, the, the stock of Israel. Those that have, have believed the true Israel are all of God's people who have put their faith in him. Paul's telling the Galatians, and he's speaking to us, why do you want to minimize or stifle the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? See, when you try to do things on your own, when you, try, you, when you put any law, when you put any, any regulations, when you put anything, it's, it's amazing to me how people want to go back, which is my third point. It's amazing how we want to go back. We want to go back and we want to do things on our own. You know, it's Jesus, but let me put my boots on by my bootstraps. Let me do this. Let me show you, God, what I can do for you. You will never be able to make it in your works. Paul says, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. And there's two great attributes there that I want you guys to grab a hold of. There's two great attributes that will accompany a spirit-filled life. The first attribute is that the Holy Spirit is a gift. You can't earn him. You can't earn him. It's settled that when you trust in Jesus, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You, he, he comes and makes his life in you, his abode. And the second attribute is that he works miracles among you. That means there's the power of God that is available to every child of God to accomplish the things of God. Miracles which are impossible in our own power, are possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. Transformation, we, we, we did a transform series. Can I tell you that transform series will never be accomplished. Those, those things that we want to transform in our lives, they will never be accomplished in our own self-effort, but they can be accomplished through the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, foolish Galatians, why are you trying to Appease God. Why are you trying to accomplish things in your own power? Why are you trying to accomplish things in your flesh? And, and, and pastor, why are you saying this? Because that's exactly the direction that the Holy Spirit is directing Paul. As we move forward, you're, you're going to see that, that he's going to begin to teach us that, that we have a sonship, we have a daughtership with God, that we can actually go to God and we can say, Daddy, Abba, Abba, Father. There is an adoption that's been done in heaven through Jesus Christ where we're actually the sons and daughters of Christ. We don't go to God like if we're some kind of nobody. We go to God like, it's like, 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 a, like a father. And, and it's so incredible. This morning, very early, and, and in, in this weekend, my daughter sent a, a wonderful uh, message to me on Facebook. And I know the love that she has for me. We have a wonderful relationship. My wife put something beautiful. It just touched my heart. I had people come saying, Happy Father's Day. I had text messages, Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. We have a great relationship as sons and daughters and dad. Now, can I tell you something? 
It's no different for us, but even in a greater way, that now we have a lineage to the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. How can we try to earn our sonship with God in our own effort and violate and negate the bloodline that we have through his son, Jesus Christ. That's why when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, when you pray, pray this way. Pray our father. Notice he said our father. He didn't say pray your father because in Christ, I am in Christ. You're in Christ. He is not only, not only are we in him, he's in us. And together we have a lineage to the father and the power of the Holy Spirit working in every one of us. My last point, my last point, realize that the Holy Spirit will move you forward while the law will take you backward. This is so important because a Christ follower is called to move forward. Amen? Jesus, first thing he tells his disciples, he says, go and make disciples. He didn't say go back. Go and make disciples. The grace of God will get you unstuck. The grace of God will get you unstuck from both sin and the bondage of legalism. So someone says, Jesus plus, you got to wear a dress down to here. Jesus plus, you've got to, you can't cut your hair. Or Jesus plus, you've got to wear a beard. Or Jesus plus, you can't wear a beard. All the, Jesus plus, you, you don't want to get stuck in that. Can Jesus love me if I have a beard? Can he love me if I don't have a beard? Can he love me if I have long hair? Can he love me if I have short hair? Maybe my mama, you know, wouldn't love me if I had long hair, but Jesus would. The law will always take you back. And we see that right here. Both are errors. Once we leave grace, we have the potential for either one of, a, either one of them to get us in their grip. Look at what Paul wrote. This is, this is so, so good. He said, what's more, the scriptures, the scriptures, they look, say with me, they look Forward. They looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their works. No, because of their faith. And he's talking about Abraham. He's, he's saying when Abraham believed God, God was thinking about the Gentiles. He was thinking about the nations. He, he goes on, he says this. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago. He's talking to the Jews. He's saying, you that are trying to put law on the Gentiles, you that are trying to put Jesus plus circumcision. He says, he says the, God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all the nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. You'll never experience the fullness of grace if you are stuck 
in rules and regulations. You'll live a life of condemnation and of guilt. Paul wrote to the Ephesians and he said this. He says, you've heard of the dispensation. You've heard of this dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you. Paul said, Jesus, when he took me away for those three years, when Jesus taught me and took all the law out of me, you see, Paul was a Pharisee. He had all this law in him. He he was stuck. I'm going to go get Christian. I'm going to put him in jail. Who do they think they are? When Jesus met him at Damascus, Jesus took him away for three years so he could take all the law, all the regulations, and pour grace into his heart. He said, now I have come with the authority of Christ to pour the grace of God into your life so that you can be free from the bondage of sin and not be put in the bondage of legalism because the law was never intended to save you. It was intended to show you that you need a Savior. Dad, it's no different than us. You don't know how many times I talked to this, ho- this, this homie right here, this little guy, when he was really little, and I would say, don't do that. Don't do that. You shouldn't do that. And guess what he would do? He would do that. There's something about us that rules and regulations, we just think they're meant to be broken. We want to test the waters. And, and the reality is when you test the waters, you find out, hey, my dad was right. Right? A lot of times, my dad was right. He's still thinking, well, not about everything. The only advantage he has is it got bigger than me. God doesn't want for us to go back. God wants for us to move forward. And the only way that you can move forward, beloved, is through the grace of Jesus Christ. It'll get you unstuck. If if you've done something, if you feel like, you know what, God could never love me, that's the furthest from the truth. God not only can love you, he does love you. And that's why Jesus bled his blood for you, so that you could be clean and righteous in him. Let's pray. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.